Welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Jessica Shepard in this segment, OBGYN and Organon Health Partner. She's uh, going to discuss the importance of cultural sensitivity in the doctor's office and how healthcare providers can help close disparity gaps, particularly in women's health. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. OBGYN and Organon Health Partner. Give us a bit of uh, insight into your professional background briefly and um, talk about being an Organon Health Partner. Yeah, I have been doing OBGYN, you know, for over 15 years. And, you know, as a women's health advocate and a provider, it has been, you know, I guess the forefront and the passion of, of my career um, in the sense that, you know, women really do have, uh, when we think about complexities around some of their disease state conditions, and often, you know, they may not be addressed or they may not have the full capacity of what they can do to best meet their needs. And, and that's what I see myself as, as an advocate for them in order to give them the best uh, quality of life factors and making sure that they have all the options presented to them that can help them uh, improve their lives and really get to the heart of, of what they're trying to accomplish. You know, the pandemic has shed a lot of light on disparities that many of us were aware of before the pandemic, but there are those who had no clue as to uh, how some of these disparities uh, manifested. Are these disparities that are present anyway exacerbated by being a woman? Oh, absolutely. I think when you look across the, the board and look at things that create some of those disparities uh, in healthcare and even outside of healthcare, you know, the pandemic really did, uh, I, I call it like a, a microscope lens time of things that were already there. And when you have something such as a pandemic um, that really magnifies the, the differences, the disparities, the lack of resources, that really is how you're able to see where there are barriers in healthcare in this instance and paying attention to them because if they are not paid attention to or if they are not looked at as something that needs to be uh, made better, it will happen again. You know, history will just repeat itself. Now, when we think of women's health, I think women did take a brunt of responsibility during the pandemic, whether that was uh, taking care of their households while still holding careers. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, kids who did not have to go to school uh, during the pandemic, and, and they took the brunt of that as well as finding the provisions for their family and their children. So in that in that sense, women, you know, really put their health on the back burner, and I think that's where we're seeing now, um, or we will start to see some of those effects of, you know, whether it's preventative health care screenings that were not done or disease states that were kind of put on halt uh, during the pandemic and now have to be dealt with as well. Cultural sensitivity. What is cultural sensitivity and how does it look from the standpoint of the patient and from the standpoint of the healthcare provider? Yeah, cultural sensitivity uh, really is something that's required on all aspects of healthcare. Um, and, and like you had said earlier at the beginning of this this interview is that many times it's missed. Cultural sensitivity really is taking the time to ensure that someone who may not look like us, speak like us, act like us, uh, really their needs are being met from the perspective of, of how they take in information, 
Um, also making sure that we uh, respect some of those differences that we see in, in culture and making sure above all we're still delivering effective um, health care, we're being compassionate uh, and taking into account that diversity of backgrounds and beliefs and attitudes, values and behavior should have no impact on the health care that someone receives. That being said, with cultural sensitivity being mandated in, in some type of way, either by policy or law or, or whatever, what does that say about that statement that none of these factors should impact the care that a person receives? I think, you know, what that really shows is that we have a lot of work to do. Um, because clearly what we see in the healthcare industry, um, in healthcare statistics, uh, in things such as maternal mortality rates, we can clearly see that cultural sensitivity really um, does play a part in outcomes, whether those are positive outcomes or negative outcomes. So with that being said, there are a lot of missed moments. Um, there are a lot of instances in, in which patients could be safer and are not. Um, and I think historically what that has done as well uh, with, with many um Examples is that has actually caused a mistrust in the healthcare provider and patient relationship. And so, you know, that's something that needs to be constantly uh, looked at, nurtured, um, with the intent that we are all working together to make it better. When someone's diagnosed with a disease that already has stigma attached to it, whether you're of color or not, talk about how some of the stigma associated with with the disease itself can compound some of these disparities when it comes to people who are of color. Absolutely. I think I see, you know, many patients in my practice um, that have disease state conditions um, that have a stigma attached. And that actually is a significant contributor when we think of health inequities um, and a powerful social determinant of health in, in the sense that healthcare access and outcomes are, are based on a number of things, such as communication, for example. Uh, patients who actually have conditions that are stigmatized, whether that's within themselves, within a community, within a religion, will avoid seeking care because there is some shame and embarrassment around the topic itself. Um, and many times women will wait months or years to speak to their healthcare provider who is really there to, in a trustworthy fashion, hear their side of the story and find a way to help them. There's still stigma attached and therefore you have a, a decrease in um, the amount of information that they may be willing to give uh, to a physician at that standpoint. And then also I would say... Um, Stigma and racism can impede access to high-quality health care when we think of stigma, uh, if that means that uh, there's a misunderstanding of what the patient's actually going through, um, then there is going to be both from the provider standpoint and the patient standpoint, this miscommunication in order to uh, get to the heart of the conversation that's going to get them better outcomes. And so that's what we see, you know, continually across the board is from both sides, from the patient side and from the provider side, that stigma actually can negatively impact the outcome of healthcare access and also just healthcare in general. 
What can women do to facilitate better communication with their providers? What questions can they ask? What statements can they make? Uh, what revelations? And is it the patient's responsibility to understand more what the healthcare provider may be going through or their uh, their biases? I think both sides really need to be able or be willing rather to share uh, moments when there may be a misunderstanding, miscommunication. Um, and if you think of communication in general, that's where most uh, issues can arise, even outside of a healthcare setting, is the ability or the, the courage, say, for a patient to say, you know what, I, I'm not quite sure what that meant when you just said that. Can you explain it again? Mm-hmm. Or from the provider standpoint, and really making sure that when they finish a conversation that the patient has a very good understanding and knowledge base of what was discussed. And so that actually comes with a lot of time contributing towards a relationship, which is if you can think of in healthcare, many times there's not the ability because of the time and the appointment or the amount of providers that you may see during the course of uh, your healthcare to establish a relationship. And that's a lot of what we're missing from healthcare in general is the relationship and the establishment of trust between a patient and a physician. Doctor, give us a website where we can learn more about Organon, if you would. Absolutely. If anyone wanted any more information on Organon, go to organon.com slash women's health HCP. And for patients who want more information, I would really encourage them to go to hereforherhealth.com slash make dash time. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. So glad that you could join us here this morning, Dr. Shepard. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Jessica Shepard, OBGYN and Organon Health Partner. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com health professional radio.